Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, quote the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lou Gowen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm so sleepy. Yeah. I'm just, I just, so, you know, coronavirus, working six days a week since lockdown, pretty fatigued. Then there was all the speaking out stuff. That was a stressful time for us. I got very tired off the back of that, but I've been plugging away. Haven't been thinking about it. And then I finally completed the biggest task of them all on Tuesday night. (gasps) What on earth could that possibly be? The darker side of the moon challenge (laughs) on Super Mario Odyssey. Lovely stuff. So, so difficult. It took me four days of just plugging away at this same kind of speed runny thing. Mm -hmm. And it it just happened for me, happened for me Tuesday afternoon. And then I just relaxed. It was like someone put their hand on my shoulder, like Gandalf put his hand on my shoulder or Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's ghost and just said, sleep well now, Prince. (laughs) Sleep well, sweet Prince. (laughs) And then I asked Laurie, how long did it take you to complete it? And he went, oh, that I, I did that first time. What a dickhead. He's such a tool, that lad. Absolute tool. I haven't got time for him whatsoever. That's why he's on that Mark podcast with for NXT fans. Dumb Marks. Which you um, don't want to listen to today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can do. Um, I'll tell you what, let's dive into the show itself and then we'll get into the outro portion of this show because AEW have unveiled a brand new championship. Here is the show. title belt has been debuted in AEW it's not really like it's not like a TNT title it's more akin to WWE's United States Championship reveal on Monday which makes it seem like AEW has copied WWE in this respect which is kind of ironic right after the last week of Chris Jericho calling out WWE for stealing the whole I versus I match actually by the best night two was recorded last Thursday, last week. So, you know, you can't really make those arguments, but it's fun to do so anyway. So what happened here was Taz brought back the not FTR belt, as I have said it every time I've mentioned it so far, but his old ECW FTW belt. I'm Ollie Davis. Here's Luke Owen to tell you why that's important. So, yeah, so that was um, a, a, it's a classic moment from ECW history, to be honest. I, there might be some of our younger viewers who will have seen this announcement as a, well, that's a, a bit of a letdown because I don't know what that belt is. I don't really know or have any affiliate for that you know belt because it was from the 90s, you know, and the 90s were quite a long time ago now. As much as it pains me to say, they were over 20 years ago. <laughs> 
That's a, that's a, that's a long old period of time away. But yeah, I nearly really... rang up the BBC News yesterday <laughs> when they said that the, the 7 7 bombings were 15 years ago. Well, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 15 years ago. Oh, oh, but it is, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but yeah, so the FTW belt was Taz's belt that he sort of introduced because, you know, he was like, I'm, I am i can't get the ECW championship, so I'm bringing in the F the World championship. And it wasn't a, an officially recognized belt um, in, in ECW. It was defended, like Taz would defend it, and other people did win the FTW belt. But it was never like, it was really cool because this is not an officially recognized belt by an ECW was like the land of hardcore where it was like, Oh man, anything could happen here for even them not to really recognize this as a belt. I thought it was a very, very cool concept. And it's always been Taz's thing. You know, he was FTW. So it's quite, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sit on a high horse here, but I did predict this about (laughs) three to four weeks ago. Oh no! It was, it was when they announced that Mox wasn't going to be able to do it. Like when Mox went into uh, self isolation with uh, himself and Renee Young, I, we had our morning call, and I was like, "Man, wouldn't it be wicked if Taz came out for a promo and, just, and he just announced Brian Cage as the FTW champion?" And then I think I even said it on this show. So yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it, but yeah, I did predict this was going to happen. Not going to sit there and say it. But I will. Uh, you you will say it while oh, saying yeah. you won't sit here and say it. I'm it's the not, best of both worlds. I'm not going to sit here and say that I am the Nostradamus of wrestling predictions. I'm not going to sit here and say that I am a wrestling genius. But I did predict that this was going to happen. I'm, I'm you know it's, it's, I'm not saying that I I'm brilliant or anything though. You can't get angry with him, folks. He's <laughs> saying he's not saying it. Uh, yeah, I thought this. You know. When Tony Khan tweeted on Tuesday, oh, Taz and Brian Cage have got a major announcement for next uh, for, for the next episode of Dynamite, it's going to send shock waves through the wrestling industry. My thought was, you don't want to be making these kinds of tweets, Tony. That's no, you, you, you're going to set expectations too high. You're going to brand multi-year deal it. And I think that they did set expectations too high for this because really the people that are going to care most about this, most importantly, Taz, I think Taz would very much care about this, and fans from the 90s, which, you know, in fairness, is actually some of, you know, AEW's big target demographic, people who really like their wrestling history. So it appeals to those. But I think if you were to send shockwaves through the industry, like that would be Roman Reigns debuts. Like that's, mm. that that would send shockwaves through the industry. I think Taz bringing back a belt that's not been around for 20 years is not quite as groundbreaking as perhaps Tony Khan's tweet might have suggested. Yeah, so it was definitely an over promise. Uh, but because I kind of went in with my expectations lowered, because I thought there's no, that's going to be disappointing if I, if I think it's going to be a genuinely shocking reveal uh, i was actually pleasantly surprised by this you you you, you, you did it. you're not going to sit here and say that you predicted this no i'm not why would i that would be very big headed of me to do so let's make that perfectly clear luke is not saying he said this but he did mm-hmm. and it's a cracking idea i'm glad they've done it and when taz brought out the ftw belt I, like belts are you know I, people do do get angry when people describe belts as props but you know, spoiler, that is what they are. And that that's not a derogatory thing. It's like, that's a, a pure fact 
of a predetermined kayfabe wrestling business. Everything is how much you make it feel real, right? Mm. And in that, it is a prop. So what is beautiful about this is they made that FTW championship, at least I felt they did, make it feel really, really important and like a big deal. And it made Taz feel badass. It made Brian Cage more badass. And they are more over now than they were uh, than they were last week. And that's like, that's all you can ask for in wrestling. I love this act so much. I love Taz and Brian Cage together as a tandem so much that like just bringing out this belt that, you know, it's 20 years old or, or what have you, it has no real relevance or anything like that made me go like, oh man, this is so awesome. Absolutely mm. love this. And it was Taz's line of like, no company has ever recognized this, but fans do. Yeah. Like it, it's not, this is a belt for actual wrestling fans. They know that this means something. Companies will pretend it's nothing, but us fans, us wrestling fans recognize this as a real world championship. I think that's pretty badass, to be honest, because that puts him on our side even though he's the baddie and he's made this belt feel very very valuable i i thought it was wicked it's it's not just badass i would argue i i would say it's a no one thinks brian cage is going to beat john moxley and if he does it's a mistake um but with brian cage having this fdw belt now and you've got that kind of oh he's a bit he he is the rebel. He's the anti-hero to to John Moxley, who is you know far more definitive as an anti-hero. There, I think when he loses, he's going to be protected because he's still got this belt. I don't know if that means he's going to defend it around, if it will just disappear after this match. But well, I wouldn't mind that. I would say that it's probably going to stick around because the program that you're leading into after this is Brian Cage versus Darby Allen. Mm. So Darby Allen saying, "I won." The F, not only do I want to beat you, I'm going to take that title belt from you as well. I think really does add much. Like, and the, the the you know feud already had some pretty good stakes to it already because Brian Cage took him out during the Double or Nothing Casino Battle Royale ladder match. That now you've also got a title on the line for it as well, and a title that fans really like. I um yeah, I I thought this was really really cool. Like you, I don't think that Brian Cage is winning next week. But that's okay because he's now got this title belt and I'm really excited. I, I'm now more into the Brian Cage Darby Allen feud than I would have been two weeks ago. I'm, I, I, I really, and I just love this act so much. And I, I was thinking about this all the way through this show. I'm, we were talking about Raw and how we're actually quite like the, the the Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon era, even though it is a bit scattergun and it's a bit hot shot and it's a bit like ratings focus. I do think they've actually made some pretty decent episodes of television for the last three weeks. I'm just not really invested in the stories at the moment. But with AEW, I feel like I'm invested in every single story that's going on. So I, I loved this episode. I put my cards on the table. I thought this was a terrific, terrific episode of Dynamite. That, and I, and I, I, was, I realized halfway through it because I'm so invested in the characters and the stories that they're telling. And none where was that more provable than in this, where a manager came out and said, I've created a fake belt and given it to my guy. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. Can't wait to see what this leads to next week. FD dub. FD dub. <laughs> I uh, I totally agree. I thought it was an excellent episode. This is what I wanted night one. Well, the, at least the second half of night one to be. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that first hour of night one and this, this show, that's a bloody good pay-per-view right there. Three hours of uh, of a show. I think that's 
That'd be one of the better pay-per-views they've ever done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a tremendous episode. A very good night for wrestling overall mm. with NXT Great American Bash 2. You can stick around on Wrestle Talk because we've got Laurie and Adam reviewing that show later on as well. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. Before we get on with the super chats, let's do add $25 a month or more Ledge Hammer Patreon shoutouts. Indeed, I I said that right. You did indeed, yes. And um, as we re- uh, revealed exclusively on this show uh, previously, it's going to be uh, me and Adam the Blompier with the Moslier uh, doing a review of WCPW Built to Destroy 2016, which I watched yesterday. How was it? Well, I mean, I can't give away my thoughts now because you'll have to go to our Patreon page to to hear myself and Adam reviewing that show mm. and Adam giving, you know, his memories uh, from that show. Um, it is. I enjoyed it. Like, you know, I will certainly say that I, <laughs> that I that I enjoyed it. But the main event was was very, very fun. And like, you know, Joe Hendry was the best thing on the show. As usual. Uh, but thank you, our Pledge Hammers. You're a wizard. Harry Burgess. Oh, Harry, he certainly is. The Snapdragon King, Ryu Adonte. Thank you. The Joy of Painting, Bobby Ross. Oh, lovely. Very nice. The Anomaly, CJ Warren. Thank you, CJ. Rob Steiner, Recliner. Oh, lock it in. Ross, Pooper Scooper Cooper. Woo! Jack Daniels on the Carl Rocks. Lovely. Yes, please. Andrew, the last airbender, Massogliano. Yeah. yeah. Nearly. Bad connection, Thomas Lagden. Great pun there. Uh, speaking of, Blompier's number one fan, Tom Delves. Thank you, Tom. The incredible Tarzo. And rounding us off today, Jeremy Spokin, Clasty Smith. Thank you, everyone, all so much. Um, But let's get into your super chats to see what you guys thought before we get in with the full play-by-play. Josh Dominic said that eight-man tag is my match of the pandemic. The spot where FTR lost their minds after the Nick and Phoenix rope spot popped me. Also, Jericho's best AEW match. Oh, 
um i mean some people might say the stadium stampede is jericho's best match because it was so fun and bonkers but yeah i suppose singles matches i really Mm. liked the the moxley match and i loved the cody match as well but yeah this this cassidy match was really really good i i I thought it was terrific i really like the jungle boy match Mm, yeah uh yeah so but you know I, i do agree i think maybe that both of those questions can be answered by Stampede, uh, Stadium Stampede. Uh, Austin Tussie, that eight man was incredible. P.S. It's my birthday. Hey. Happy birthday, Austin. Happy birthday, Austin. Yeah, like that uh, That eight man. That was actually, we were debating on what we were going to call this episode of the podcast, whether we want to talk about the, the FTW championship and what that could possibly mean, or is this the best AEW TV match of the year. I I didn't want to say it was AEW's best match of the year because that's still the Revolution tag match. And this was not as good as the Revolution tag match. But then again, like, you know, not much was. Mm. But I do think it's the best TV match they've had all year. I thought it was just so, so great. Um, I I actually, I I loved it. I I don't want to be this guy, but I I don't think it's, it's top five. But I, there's quite a few matches I would put ahead of it. Uh, but Nate Drop's surname says, A Step Up Suicide Canadian Destroyer. What a spot. Holy S word. Cannot wait for FTR and Lucha Bros next week. Best tag division ever. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really, really would. Um, yeah, it's it's funny as well. So Adam and I uh, recorded a segment for the Russell Talk podcast show on the Fight Network here in the UK that's airing not this Friday, the Friday after. And in that, we were talking about tag teams and we were talking about, you know, the Lucha Brothers and, and the Young Bucks and talking about, you know, the great tag teams. And uh, we we kind of said, you know, oh, the Canadian Destroyer off a label, off a ladder through a table or off a label, if you will. Um and Adam said there was like, I mean, once you've done that, what else is there to do? And then here we are, not 24 hours later, the step-up Canadian destroyer to the outside onto a pile of people. It was bonkers. Every time I think Phoenix has, has done the most insane thing he can, he's physically, or anyone for that matter, is physically capable of, he manages to get an extra flip in there mm-hmm. the next week. Uh, Michael Dominguez, ratings war. Sammy said AEW on TV first, then hung up money in the bank. So I think this might be because you have said that um, MJF was the first person to bring up the right. ratings war. But Sammy mm. didn't bring up a ratings war. He It was after Double or Nothing, wasn't it? Where he just said, I could see it. it was the electric chair or whatever that segment was with Corey Graves. It was Raw's dark third hour where they would change the lighting. That was it. What is it called? The electric chair? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he sat there and he was like, I could talk about AEW. Ooh. Mm. So I would argue that was before it was a head-to-head ratings war. That's why I don't consider that as that. I'm talking specifically from AEW and NXT going head-to-head in early October. No one from either company has actually <laughs> acknowledged publicly that it is a ratings war. Just it's do I- one. It's either that or Michael Dominguez was just making a joke that Sammy said AEW on television and then got yes. hung for the uh, for the privilege. Uh, just one more, Jobber JJ four nine six. Imagine Ray Phoenix's Canadian Destroyer and Darby Allen's Coffin Drop. Good Lord, AEW's tag division is awesome. Orange Cassidy versus Jericho was just the best. Really, really great stuff. Yeah, uh, old uh, Darby Allen did quite the big Coffin Drop on uh, this episode. I could have done that. It was on. It was onto a load of pillows. <laughs> Um, right, we'll get into all of your super chats later in the show. We'll read out every single one of them, so get them in. And 
hey, why don't you go and get yourself a Jam That Jam t-shirt as well? And Luke, I don't think I've shown you this yet, but I maybe wanted... you uh, should Whoa! get a have a sip from a Jam That Jam mug. I have not Ooh. seen that. I am jamming that jam with my jam and my jam. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing in this, by the way. It's just a prop. <laughs> it's the FTW belts of prop. <laughs> um, yeah, you can go over and go to WrestleTalkMerch.com in the video description below. Get your Jam That Jam t-shirt because everyone who gets a t-shirt will be entered into a prize draw. The winner gets a signed Quizzlemania trophy. Indeed. And make sure you go over and subscribe to WrestleTalk Clips. Uh, a link for that is the pinned comment in the live chat. Go and subscribe to that. Vinny Shway is doing some amazing clipping out of these portions of the podcast. And tomorrow on the WrestleTalk podcast, ba -ba -da -ba 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 -ba, it's me and SP3 from True Heel Heats. We're going to be talking about uh, a topic that has yet to be decided. Um, we might talk about Raw's uh, current uh, ratings failing. We may talk mm. about riddle but we're going to be going through your patreon mailbag questions so yes uh go and subscribe to them as well great great channel do some great great work and i'm really looking forward to having him on the show tomorrow yeah looking forward to that too So let's start off with the opening match. It was right in. No video packages, no in-ring segments, no real rundown of the card. It was Private Party versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. In uh, that, what they did is they just went to the finish. So it was <laughs> it was the it was the final finishing sequence for about ten minutes. Yeah, and it was oh, it was I loved it. So do you want to hear Meltzer's preview of this match in last week's Observer? I, I, I wanted to crop it out because it really made me laugh, which is AEW has Omega and Page defending the tag titles against Private Party, which could be out of this world or sloppy or anything in the middle. <laughs> well, you, you can't come at him now if, uh, if it isn't any of those things. He covered all of his bases. And it was, uh, yeah, we, we've said before with Private Party, like sometimes they've got such in, like very inventive offense. But sometimes it's too inventive that it goes nipples north. But this was one of those times where they had their very inventive offense and it just went smoothly and seamlessly. And I absolutely loved this match. I enjoyed this match more than I did the best friends match last week. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, a lot of the drama and stuff here was... What was it's weird how it was present here, but not in this match that's had a huge storyline. I guess sometimes you can do everything right and it looks it makes sense on paper, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't reach those very high expectations it set for itself. I, I just think last week's match needed that extra ten minutes. I know, like, mm. you know, they they went as far as long as TV time they had left, but I, I do think that's what hurt the match. Whereas this was given, as as you said, ten minutes. And they just started in the final third of the match. And yeah, it was great. I, I, I loved it. Really, really good. Just so many times where you're like, oh, I know. Oh, no, they, you think they're going to zig and they zag. It was oh, just great. Yeah, really, really good stuff. And what's very important here is, is Paige and Omega just won relatively clean. There weren't a crazy amount of kickouts near the end. It was just boom. The last, was it the, the last call? The last, last shot? Call, yes. Last but call. Very crucially in this building off what happened last week as well, where uh, Paige was pinned with the strong zero and Omega broke it up. Again, 
Paige was being pinned here by the gin and juice. Then Kenny broke it up. So Kenny made the save again. And later on, Kenny was the one who stopped the gin and juice attempt um, before, uh, you know, um, Paige did the powerbomb. So you can make that call again. You can make the argument that it's Omega that is carrying this team, not Hangman Page, even though he might believe he's the one who's carrying the team. Incredibly good storytelling. This this is long-term storytelling. This is like Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, year-long breakup storytelling. It's yeah. not there has to be a big thing every week. You keep them together and apart and, and weave other elements in and out. Because like there wasn't any mention of Kenny's beer thing with FTR the previous week here. Didn't really nope. get any of that follow-up, but that doesn't... That doesn't mean it's been forgotten. It's just there as this context of this richer tapestry of the story overall. Absolutely, yeah. And now next week, they've announced that it's the elite of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega taking on Jurassic Express. So there again is Kenny off with his mates in the elite. I know Hangman Page has kind of like seemingly smoothed things over with them after the stadium stampede, but how long can that last? Um, apparently on being this week's being the elite, Page said, look... I'd always, I'll always respect you guys. Thank you so much for getting me to where I am. I wouldn't be the wrestler I am today without you, but I don't like you. Oh, and that's 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 it, isn't it? That's mm. the that's the character trait they've got to lean into, which they are. It's fantastic. It's the best told story since Champa and Gargano, really. Yep, absolutely. Um, after that, we went straight into Joey Janela taking on Lance Archer. And this was, I just, I was really, I, I you know, I love Joey Janela. I love Lance Archer. And even with that, this over-delivered. I just thought it was going to be a straight-up squash. But no, it starts off with Archer coming out with Sonny Kiss's dead body on his shoulders, uses him as a weapon or them as a weapon. I'm getting my pronouns all mixed up. Uses them as a, a weapon against uh, Joey Janela. And you think, okay, Archer's just going to beat him now. But no, they had a, like an actually really well-booked back and forth. Yeah, went through an ad break and everything. Like you, I was expecting this to go shorter than it did. It went way longer than I expected, but it was much better because of that. And you didn't need to have Lance doing a squash match here because you had Nyla Rose doing that later on. So this was mm. really, really well-booked for this show that it was on. And you had so much in this as well, to the point where I even thought that Joey might pick up the win because you had this <laughs> moment when Jake accidentally, well, he's like talking to the referee, which is accidentally then distracted the referee from Joey Janela hitting this elbow drop and um, Sonny Kiss doing a 450 for a great, great near fall. And then Lance, super pissed off, picks up Joey Janela and hits a blackout from the top rope through a table that's on the floor. Excellent finish. And really, really good match. Joey looks great. Sonny's continuing to get over. They look great. And Archer, fantastic. So, so I can't wait yeah. for the next proper meaty program he has. Yeah. Um, then we got the Darby Allen clip we've already spoken about. Then we got the Taz and Brian Cage FTW bit, not FTR, nearly said it again. <sighs> and then we got what Luke reckons is the best TV match in AEW of the year. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it's top five, but... Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix was this year. Was that this year? I'm pretty sure. You, you, you. I thought that was last year. I thought that was like last November or something. I'm willing to be wrong on that. because I, I mean, honestly, you could have said it was in February and I still would have thought that was last year. Oh, no. 
was the 20th of November. Damn ah, no, yes, you yes, nailed it! <laughs> <laughs> Bollocks. All right. Um, yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm maybe, not, maybe it's top four. Maybe this match is top four now. I'm not going to say I was right. I'm, I'm just not going to say I was right because that would be really big-headed of me. Um, but yes, this was Butcher and Blades teaming with the Lucha Brothers to take on FTR and the Young Bucks. Man, it really feels like it's been ages since we've seen the Young Bucks on TV. I don't know if that's right, but it feels like it's been ages since we've seen them in a match. Yeah, well, we see them a lot, don't we? Yeah. Um, but actually wrestling in the ring, it's quite rare. I think they wrestled three weeks ago on Dynamite in the opener. Yeah, and I, I think they've done, they've done stuff on Dark as well, because I think they had a match against Peter Avalon and the oh no, probably librarian and Brandon Cutler. Um, but yeah, this was just... I, and this, do you know what this featured? There was a, a, a triple threat tag match um, a few years ago uh, in um, uh, NXT with The Revival and Johnny Gargano and Champa and AOP. Yes. And... Gargano, Champa, and Revival had this sort of like incredible feud between the two of them that led to Gargano and Champa picking up the belts, so DIY picking up the belts for the first time. And there's a moment during that triple threat match where the teams work together to take out the bigger AOP, including them doing the meet in the middle finish. But it's like one member from DIY and one member of the Revival, and one member from DIY and one member of the Revival doing the Shadow Machine. And we got that in this match with FTR and the Young Bucks. And I've written here, they work together to do all the moves and it's everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> I thought exactly the same. I didn't get a chance to go into it in my video review earlier. But yeah, what, what, a, what a great way to take that story. And it's an interesting out of order approach because, you know, when uh, DIY and The Revival did that in NXT, it was at the end of a long, big feud. But here, they're using that dynamic to almost start and, and cultivate this rivalry. And I, I just, I mean, I'll skip to the end because I, I do want to talk about the the post-match because I think it's really important with overall. Nick, ja it's Matt Jackson accidentally kicks Dax? Um, yes, it was, yeah, yeah. I keep, I still can't get Dax and Cash right. Um because they've changed their names. But he super kicks Dax by accident, and that's what leads to Matt Jackson getting pinned. Now, any other tag match feud, they would sort of get in each other's faces afterwards. There was none of that, because FTR were like, obviously a mistake. And us as viewers at home are like, well, it's obviously a mistake, and it is frustrating sometimes when the wrestlers can bust because of what is quite clearly friendly fire. So to see that not then spark quite, that would have been very lazy, I think, to use that to spark a, a bigger feud between them and for them to just like shake hands in the ring afterwards. Yeah. I love that understatement. Because the key to that is they were working as a well-oiled shadow machine leading up to that moment. Like they were a perfect eight-man tag group. Like, well, you know, four men, uh, whatever. Like they were, they were perfect foursome. They were working. There was that moment when they all just tagged in each other at the, you know, in sequence, so they could hit that superplex and the uh, the splash by Cash, and then the uh, Nick Jackson's um, shooting star press or four fifty or whatever it was. So they were working together as a well-oiled machine. It was just one errant kick is what led to their downfall, and they uh, and then Lucha Brothers hit the the Lucha Driver on Matt to get the win. 
it was one mistake that led to their downfall. Amazing scenes. I, and I, I wouldn't have predicted that was going to be the finish either. And I, I thought it was all the better because of it. I, I thought it was so, so great. And we could talk about this match for a long, long time, I think, because we've only really covered one half of the ring. What we haven't spoken about is Ray Phoenix is back, everybody, and he can fly. He can yeah. literally fly. He has the superpower of flight. Yeah. And Penta's amazing as well. I thought Butcher and Blade looked really good in this, particularly the Butcher. Like they were, you know, they were the, the, the third wheel of the match, if you will. But I thought it was still like really, really good. They were elevated by the other teams that were in the ring with them. Man, have I missed the Lucha Brothers. Like, as you like, you know, obviously Penta because he's so good. But man, Phoenix was just otherworldly. When he does his little like 619 thing and then steps back in and does his big whipping like kick, he makes, I mean, Randy Orton can make fun of the leg slap all he wants. I will, Ray Phoenix does an incredible leg slap and I love it. <laughs> yeah. And that, when Nick and, when Nick and, uh, Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix just had a little tangle when they were in the ring together. Get up to the top rope like it's nothing. Hurricane Rana off of that. Shades of that November match. <laughs> I, I, I just incredible stuff. And I genuinely, it was like Pentagon gets in the ring. And Dax is in there too. And it took a few seconds for me to go, is this happening? Like it's yeah. very rare these days that that kind of, that feeling sneaks up on you. When you're like, this is actually happening. Pentagon and Scott Dawson <laughs> are in the ring and they're about to wrestle. And it really like, I, I marked out. Yeah. <laughs> they're marked out in quite, quite a pure sense. I, I, I mean, you, there's a quite an easy way to, if you ever read my notes, there's a good way to know when I mark out. And it's when all, all of a sudden my notes go into caps. I just hit the caps key and I just start typing like, they're working together! <laughs> or as I've got here, oh my effing God, Phoenix just did a Canadian Destroyer onto everyone on the outside. Mm. And it was that moment when it was, yeah, Dax Harwood and Pentagon Jr. away against each other in the ring. And they're having a match next week. Lucha oh, Brothers yeah. versus FTR. Oh, it's a spicy meat of all, and I cannot wait. So, so great. I also loved as well. Um, there were so many spots in this that I loved, but in the, the the FTR and Young Bucks working together, them doing the assisted pile driver, but Cash Wheeler gets taken out. So Nick Jackson does does it to help out, but he does a Meltzer driver variation. Mm. Nice attention to detail there, Nick. And also just sort of separate to all the action in the ring. Who was shown watching in the stands but Tully Blanchard and oh, yes. Sean Spears? And, you know, I think we all want it. I think we all want this FTR, Sean Spears, Cody Rhodes, Four Horsemen. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... Oh. I'm really like someone mentioned it in a super chat a little while back, and I thought, you know, I, I think I want to see FTR on their own. Like, I just want to see, but you know, the more I think about it, the more that person was 100% correct. And I really, really want to see that team. Yeah, Cody, FTR, Sean Spears with Arn and Tully. Oh, it would be good, mate. Yeah. If we can't have Jim Cornette with FTR, this is the next best thing. Yeah. Um. The after that, we <laughs> Jim, Jim Cornette is never working for AEW. And <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, we got Big Swole, uh, trying to enter 
the stadium, the, the Danish place. And someone says, sorry, you're served. You can't come in here because because of Britt Baker. Yeah. And it'd be a Britt Baker's done it. And Big Swan was very <laughs> upset because she drove three and a half hours to, to get to that point. So, yeah. And um, Tony Khan has confirmed on Twitter as well that she has been suspended for kidnapping and harassment. Um, but also interestingly in that, he did talk about how they're going to be searching for new women to join the roster because now they've lost Chris Statlander and Britt Baker and now Big Swole being um, storyline suspended. Mm. Why did they do that then? <laughs> if they're, <laughs> they're running out of women. Uh, let, yeah, let's do a kayfabe suspension of someone else. <laughs> let's get rid of more of them. Like, I, you know, I, AEW's women's division. I just, I, you know, like last week, week before the Penelope Ford Sheeda match, really good. And it kind of makes you forget how overall, how, you know, not as well treated that and portrayed that division has been compared to everything else AEW has been. But then when, you know, when you see what WWE are doing on the main roster and you're like, well, this is how the women's yeah, division should right. be presented. It, it's, it's, it's not like I can't sit here and go, oh, you've got all these circumstances preventing more women for wrestling from you. Uh, everyone has right now, actually. And they're doing a much better job with their division than you are. I, to, to, Pay devil's advocate and come on to the defense in this ever so slightly. I'm going to use the Iconics Ruby Riots Liv Morgan arguments that we've had over the last couple of weeks, which has that it's not great, but at least it's a story. Like at least the Iconics are in a story, and at least Ruby Riot is in a story since coming mm. back. So Big Swollen and Britt Baker, I think they've been doing a quite a solid job of building that match. Bearing in mind we can't get it until all out. So I think that they, you know, just doing this as a way to elongate the the story to, to build to their match at all outs i think that's perfectly fine and then you had nyla rose in doing the squash match here and afterwards like she says you beat kenzie page and killy killing kylin king or something beat them very very quickly power bombed into each other and then cut a promo saying that so many wrestlers in the back have got managers so she's going to get herself a manager not going to tell us who it is but managers leads to championships cody's got a championship brian cage has got a championship and they showed in the audience Sheeda holding her title and Penelope Ford on the other side as well. So there's quite a few little spinning plates there. And yeah, to use that iconic, at least it's a storyline. Maybe one I'm not hugely, but I'm, I'm quite intrigued by the, the Nyla Rose thing. It's a step in the right direction. Still nowhere near as good as Raw. Um, or, you know, to a lesser degree, SmackDown, but still nowhere near as good as Raw. But at least it's a step in the right direction. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been saying steps in the right direction for nine months, so yeah. I need I need I need more now for me at least. You need an actual step. Yes, but the, the the Nyla Rose getting a manager thing is really quite exciting. I think she is she she can talk relatively well, but she is a character that works better without talking. So I think it's a it should have happened sooner. Really, packaging her with a manager. Can I make um, a prediction? Well, yeah, I was going to say Vicky Guerrero. I've seen floated around as a potential. I don't think so. I would like to see her with Taz. Oh, well, I was going to go slightly similar with Jazz. Former oh, okay. ECW uh, star and WWE's uh, former, I think she was a women's champion in WWE. Mm. But yeah, but she was like this really cool brick house wrestler who I never really thought got a fair shake. She was like, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time, really. Like she did some really great stuff in ECW, then went to WWE where they weren't doing women's wrestling, you know, one taking it seriously. 
but she was always had a really cool presence about her. So yeah, and I, and I just think it's it wouldn't surprise me for AEW to bring out someone like Jazz who has got name recognition amongst those hardcore fans. So yeah, I could I could certainly see it being Jazz, but that, that again that's just a bold prediction on on my part. Yeah. Well, everyone else getting your uh, suggestions on the su- super chats. Um, after that, we got the pre-match angle for the Dark Order and Colt Cabana. But really, he's in the Dark Order, isn't he? Versus SCU, which had Cabana laying on a, a medic's table and the medic's addressing the camera saying, yeah, this is bad, um, but we're going to clear him for action. And you can see this awful like bruise down the side of Colt Cabana's rib cage yep and that's legit yeah i i wasn't sure but yeah they, they've uh, people have got on record to say that that is a legit injury that cole cabana has got like this huge yeah it was a massive bruise as well looked like it hurt like a some bitch but he went out there and he still did his match yeah uh but Brody lee here was fantastic sort of the way he stood in the the medic room saying well you you'll still compete and then when they're in the ring, like he's not tagging in, he's let, he's letting Colt do do some of the work. And it's kind of I got undertones of, you know, whoever Mister Brody Lee is based on, that sort of mentality that you have to work through injuries. Mm. Oh, okay, That's that was interesting. Uh, yeah, a reading, a layer that might not have been intentional, but certainly came across. He did say, you know. Uh, if you're in the dark order, these sorts of accidents won't happen, but I do expect you to, to see you out there in the ring. So yeah, I, I mean, I didn't pick up on that, but I, mm. I certainly don't think you're wrong to, to make those. I mean, it's not based on Vince McMahon, you know, he's, no, Mr. No, Brody, no. Mr. Brody Lee's been very clear about that. Like how, how could anyone look at that character and think that it's a Vince McMahon parody? It's quite obviously from Luke Harper, sorry, uh, Brody Lee's past, uh, not past, um, love of gangster movies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Um, on that note, have you seen Colt Cabana's new T-shirt? Yes. Yes. Look uh, at that. Where it's got Colt Cabana, but the top of the O is shattered a little bit, so it looks like it says Colt Cabana. <laughs> and Colt's tweet about it really made me laugh. Where he's like, I've been assured by Evil Uno that this does say Colt. Colt Cabana and nothing else. For that reason, I'm happy for you to purchase it at AEWshop.com. Could you, pop, could you pop that image back up? Because I really want to draw attention to Colt's amazing <laughs> facial expression here because that is the wide-eyed... That's that's a classic Colt Cabana look, isn't it? He's sort of mm. doing the Hulk Hogan point. But that is also an expression of terror. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like I it's both I'm gonna get you I'm a wrestler but also please help me I'm in a cult <laughs> brilliant brilliant stuff from him speaking of Evil Uno did you see Evil Uno's tweet from two days ago I didn't he said given the amount of cars that are now in AEW canon <laughs> yes why can't we have AEW wacky races. I'm I'm all for it. Like, <laughs> remember the uh, the the WWF driving game Crush Hour? Mm. Like and that was one of our first sponsors. Yeah. Was it, so like, that... no, no, this was like back in this the uh, the Attitude one, yeah. Era times. Yeah, I, I think it was like RVD sort of era of Attitude Era. But yeah, like I I would love to see them. AEW love to bring back retro things. So yeah, like a parody of Crush Hour. 
just make it an app. It doesn't have to be a full-on wrestling game. I would love to play just AEW characters driving on my phone. No, if it's on an app, then it's got to have like in-app purchases and all this sort of stuff. Well, like you know, like that. That'd be a whale. They showed they showed the advert for Battlegrounds or whatever it's called. Is it called Battlegrounds, the new WWE game? I don't care. But they've got like they've already got pre-order exclusive bonuses and you know ultra exclusive edition bonuses to get extra characters. And when you get that super ultra collector's edition bonus packages stuff, it comes with eleven hundred coins. And I'm like, oh no, that's real money. <laughs> it's You're real. making money by buying it. Um, also remember. Get your Jam That Jam mug at rest.merch.com. Get in those super chats and support us on Patreon. Thank you very much. Anyway, so in, I said earlier that one of the reasons why I loved this episode of Dynamite and why the reason I really, really am into AEW at the moment is I'm just invested in everyone's storyline and everyone's character. This is a really good example of that. I love this storyline of Colt Cabana and the Dark Order. I'm... I, thought you know when it first started i was like ah you know it's a bit it feels like a massive step down for for Brody lee going from the highs of challenging john moxley for the title to you know working with colt cabana enhancement talent but i'm so into this story and it is down to sort of like little subtle bits of storytelling they do throughout the match Brody lee selling of things and i love this new version of the dark order when they're all standing in a line at the top of the ramp it looks really cool. I just, I think they, it took them eight months or whatever it was in three attempts, but they <laughs> finally got the Dark Order. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I love them as well. And I, SEU were really good in this match as well. They're kind of getting lost in the storyline focus shuffle. But yeah, it's, it's, that, it's that attitude era genius of everyone has something to do and you you get invested in all the characters as a result and that makes the two hours of tv just fly by yeah um but cabana like Brody lee did his discus clothesline finish on i can't remember who actually and then he kind of tagged in colt and gave him the pin well, colt it was, makes it was more than that grayson <clears throat> was the legal man so Brody uh, lee yeah. Brody lee i think it was daniels he hits daniels with the discus lariat and then tells Grayson to tag in Colt Cabana. So it's even there's even more layers to it. And Grayson, being the soldier that he is, tags in Colt Cabana so he can get the pin. So then Colt just sits there and he's gets the pin. He gets and Grayson and Lee sort of celebrate, hey, we all won together, didn't we? But Colt was over the moon. Like he was so, so happy. And that's kind of like it's a really good telling of that being sucked into a cult fad mentality. I, I think they're doing really good work for what is, what isn't one of their main storylines, but just a one that's bubbling underneath. Yeah. Uh, we got big swell returning and throwing the, the legal papers at Britt Baker. She's broken into the arena thing. She throws the papers at Britt Baker and well, Baker she, sells she, it like it was a steel chair shot. So what happened? So she threw it at rebel and because Rebel had her hand up, so she throws it at Rebel, and Rebel getting hit swings her hand back and hits Britt Baker in the face. So Rebel is selling that she's just hit her friend, and that's a bad thing. And Baker is selling it, like you said, she got hit in the face with a steel chair. And it culminates in this fantastic moment where they're screaming one way, they're screaming another way, and they look at each other and just scream in each other's face. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It was really, really good. 
And speaking of funny making money, Jericho versus Orange Cassidy was the main event. Um, I doubt it would have been if Mox and Cage were on were on this episode. And it was really, really good. Really good. Yeah, absolutely awesome. Loved, loved, loved this main event. I thought Cassidy worked really well. It was a lot of Jericho working over Cassidy, which kind of slowed down the pace of the match. But I think that almost made Cassidy's comeback feel even bigger. I thought there's some really, really good near falls and kickouts towards the end. This did feel like a pay-per-view caliber match. I thought these two worked excellently together with uh, Jericho picking up the win with the Judas effect reversal of a Superman punch. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really, really great. What I liked about it so much was that it's given Cassidy a new layer. And this whole feud has really, and this is the culmination of it. Because up until now, Orange Cassidy is the comedy act. You know, even that incredible match with Pac at Revolution. It was just a, a comedy match at the end of the day. He's, you know, rolling back and forth. There was no... It's a very two-dimensional character. And, you know, that's that's not a harsh thing to say. It's quite clear <laughs> that the whole gimmick is he's a low-effort wrestler. Ha -ha. Yeah. But here, just because he never gave up and he would only put... Like, he put in so much effort here. So it's not that he doesn't care or he isn't a good wrestler in, in kayfabe terms. It's that he's just that kind of anti-hero Han Solo style person who does not want to get involved. He doesn't want to get involved. But when he does, he's going to get involved to the end. There was a yeah. fantastic near fall here where Aubrey Edwards is distracted by, I think, best friends came out to attack Santana on Ortiz because they were interfering. While that's going on behind the referee's back, Chris Jericho with Floyd the Bat hits Orange Cassidy near fall. And that, that was an amazing kick out. And it was like, Cassidy does care. And yeah. when he does, he's really, really tough to beat. Yeah. Uh, and this uh, laid a lot of groundworks for this feud to continue. And I do think this feud is going to continue through to All Out because Jericho is after Tyson. I don't, I can't see them doing Jericho Tyson as a singles match. They might do. And I, I certainly don't think it's out of the realms of possibility. But I think having Jericho possibly with Sammy once he comes back against Iron Mike Tyson and Orange Cassidy as a tag team, I think could be really, really fun. And yeah, and that's when Orange Cassidy gets his win over Chris Jericho. Mm. It really, really, I think this did a lot for Orange Cassidy as well, really made him feel big time. Like this elevated Cassidy more than anything he's done previously, <laughs> even though I would say that the revolution match with Pac was uh, better. But I thought this was wonderful, wonderful stuff. I really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you said. My one fear, and this is a fear because I love it so much, is that this is the peak of Cassidy's character. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I I don't think you're wrong in that either, actually. I think those, uh, that, that might be, a, you might be on the button with that one. So in that, you know, that, that the joke was never going to last forever. Um, and now that the joke has essentially evolved past a joke into the serious underpinning of it, it's now going to be very hard to continue that. Yeah. I don't know. I, and I don't have any answers as well. But, you know, the, a, a, whole, a whole wrestler's gimmick based around I'm, I'm a low effort wrestler, that isn't really a long term thing. Yeah. 
no, no, I, and I, I do agree with you on that one. But it's, I, I do think it's, you know, credit to Orange Cassidy because he still is pulling out things that I'm not expecting, particularly in this when he goes to do his low effort super kick sequence and then actually hits out an, an actual super kick, which really caught me off guard. And mm. I, I thought it was a really effective uh, near fall for that. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was a really terrific match. And I'm looking forward to see what they do next. But I agree with you as well. There is a ceiling. And I, I hope that we have not reached peak Cassidy. Yeah. And he's a character that works so much better in front of a crowd as well to react to those little super kick touches. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm re- I'm, I hope, you know, because he's obviously so talented and AEW know they've got something good there. But I, I can't see where we go from here that's better than what we've just had. Um, overall, though, excellent show, as we said at the start. Mm-hmm. Five out of five. Love oh, it. you went five. I went high four. Oh, mate. I, I know. I mean, I there wasn't a match on the show that I didn't enjoy. Like I, mm. and I, you know, in some cases, loved them. Loved the opener. Loved the Lance Archer match. Loved uh, the eight man. Really enjoyed the Nyla Rose squash match because it then got the promo afterwards. Loved the reveal of the FTW Championship. Um, loved the main events. Yeah, I, I, I loved this, and I loved the the dark order stuff so yeah this is a, a total five out of five thumbs up show for me i guess it was just missing that really good emotional hook for me yeah I it wasn't was like it was, it was all really good wrestling and fun stuff but there wasn't like oh that emotional bit for me yeah I super chats Matthew Robinson oh my god that eight man tag was amazing man do I miss the Lucha Bros I can already see one of the best tag championships matches in the Lucha Bros versus FTR it's just so many like dream matches and dream feuds you can set up with this tag division it's nuts Uh, Matthew Robinson again wow how can they top that Canadian Canadian Destroyer well, I thought about this after the one off the top of the ladder through a table, and they somehow managed it. So basically, what I've learned is never doubt Ray Phoenix. Yeah. Noah Fortner. Cash Wheeler put up a lot of fours in that match with the black glove, nonetheless. Also, I miss crowds. It would have elevated this show so much. Yeah, I think we all miss crowds. Yeah, but loving those four horsemen teases. Matthew McFadden, Butcher Blade and the Lucha Bros are the team I never knew I needed until now. Their car entrance made them all look like absolute killers. Yes, indeed. Absolutely, yeah. I I, I really like Butcher and Blade. I think they've got a very good look to them, which Mm. helps a lot. Uh, Matthew Robinson, what future tag team championship match would you guys like to see in the future? Hmm. Well, obviously the Young Bucks versus FTR. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see FTR versus Hangman Page and oh, Kenny Omega. That's the one. I would like to see Lucha Bros versus uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks in a three-way mm-hmm. ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> Just all, all the combinations. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's limitless. Um. Oh. I'll, Jose Rivera Valentin. FTR said the super kick was an accident because, of course, the Young Bucks are the second greatest tag team in the world on their Instagram. Very, very good. 
That's very that. good because that you know that's totally within their character to be like, yeah, you know, they would make those sorts of mistakes mm. as the second best act. That's very good. Uh, on the subject of Dark Order, Cult Cabana, Gabriel Caruso, shout out to the Dark Order for throwing shade at WWE, having a doctor clear Cult for action, even though his rib- ribs were all bruised up. Yeah, that's what I got. Um, should have chucked a Z pack in there. <laughs> Um, Ricono says, Do you think Mr. Brody will let Colt win one more match, then turn on him next week to end his three week push? Now, I, I hope Colt joins the, the, the order properly. Jobber JJ, Colt Cabana, Colt of Personality, CM Monk's W confirmed. That's my, that was my first thought. Yeah, I think yeah. it's pretty much confirmed now. Nate drops surname. Uh, as much as I uh, like the digs at Vince, they're not digs at Vince. Come on now. Um, I can really see the mob boss inspiration in the character. I'm super into it. OC tried. The super kick was. It's blank there. Maybe there was an emoji that was there originally. Was Maybe. fire. We just imagine the super kick was good. Uh, but yeah, the, the mob boss inspiration is definitely there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so is something else. <laughs> Malcolm Brown, with Hangman getting the pin in every match, do you think Omega will resent him for stealing the limelight and turn heel? Well, I think that's what I that's what I really like about this story is that, and we've said it sort of since day one. You can see both sides of the argument, and I don't know which way it's going to go, but I can see it going both ways. I I think the only way that works now is Omega turning heel. You get the cleaner back and. And Hangman Page, you know, he he's too cool. He won't work as a heel. He's he's this sort of heel, he's this tweener babyface. Gabriel D, I know the lack of crowds might make it a bad idea, but does it feel like AEW has the roster to support a non-dark secondary broadcast show? Well, they've got one with TNT. There was one that was meant to start this year. Yeah, you'd imagine that had been put on the back burner, though, at oh, least yeah. indefinitely postponed. That that was what I was going to say was yeah they they have one lined up with TNT but I can't see them doing it until everyone's back in you mm. know maybe it is just they just do dark but like dark at the moment is just it's a series of squash matches so they would have to kind of beef that up yeah um, I I don't want I don't want a third AEW show no no no. Uh, Matthew Robinson, I agree with you guys uh, last week when you said last week's show was the warm-up for Fighter Fest and this show delivered. OC and Jericho, OMG. Uh, House yeah. of Fura, love to see a Janella and Jericho angle. That could be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like uh, that. Malcolm Brown, uh, possibly, uh, I'm assuming in response to the best TV match, the Iron Man match between Omega and Pac was in 2020. Yeah, that's a good shout. Matthew Robinson, who do you think from AEW could go to WWE for the first time and Vince would love them and push them right to the top? For me, it's Brian Cage. Yeah, Brian Cage would be one. Um, You know, I would have said Lance Archer, but WWE sort of rejected him quite a few times, I think. Mm. Yeah. Kenny Omega. Yeah, well, I mean, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, when they were going, you know, they got WWE contract offers, they were going to get pushed right to the top of the company because that was part of the contract, essentially, was the for the next six months, you're our top stars. Please don't start another promotion. Um, <laughs> Gabriel Caruso, hey, quit ripping on AEW for not getting their women's division right off the bat. It took WWE a light 40 years to get it right and uh, X amount for impact. I don't know, Gail Kim rocks. Well, yeah, I mean, Gail, like, Impact got it right. When they started their women's division about sort of three years into the company, they got it right off the bat. Um, then it fell, fell off a cliff a little bit. Now they've really picked it back up again. But yes, it did take WWE a good 40 years. 
Um, WWE shouldn't be the barometer to measure everything else by. Uh, Yeah, I'll take over if you like. JobberJJ496, a great suggestion by the wonderful mod mother Lady Lou, uh, fearless mod leader, Nyla Rose's mystery manager. Is it Sid? I mean, it could be Sid. It is always going to be Sid. (laughs) Anthony Pride, do you think Sammy will come back as a face? No, I'd imagine he'll still be part of the Dark Order. Uh, or you mean no, the inner no, sorry circle. the inner circle even a lot of factions <laughs> a lot of spooky factions Brit, Brett Klaxic two things one so Orange Cassidy is Ash's Charizard from the first season of Pokemon only performing hard when he wants deep deep cut and again number two I think there's a story with the best friends trying to get Cassidy to care more to win but he refuses and it extends till he flares up again mm. which I get I know that's yeah, that's probably the the story to tell, but it's just a repeat of what we've seen, really. So yeah, I don't know how you make that work. Christopher Jazzcat, loving the Colt storyline and Hangman storyline, respectively. Colt getting pushed to wrestle hurt was a nice subtle angle. Jam that jam, and I'll tell you how subtle a storyline it was. I did not pick up on it because I mean, clearly I'm thick, and I, I I didn't pick up on the subtleties of it. But I'm so glad. That's why I like doing this show. You guys are here to sort of point out the bits that I miss. Yeah, I mean, I that they had a medic and and they showed his giant bruised body and no, then I know I, I get all Brody that. Lee said you should wrestle. I get all that. I just didn't pick up on it being a reference. It's because it's not a character based on Vince McMahon. There it is. That's why I didn't pick up on it. Um, OGP Dadom Bask in my glory. Page owned private party. Owed private party twelve dollars. Continuity. Lol. There it is. From the he, did bar. Owe, he did owe them $12 for that drink. Wrestling misc. Uh, Pace of Dawn. When are we going to see a women's mid-car belt in one of these major promotions? When they've got a division that can support it, I guess. Like they're, uh, and you, I mean, like WWE, in theory, has got the ability to have a, a stacked women's division that would require a, a mid-car title. But it's, yeah, I, I, they don't really... It took them this long to get the women's tag titles into an actual sort of storyline that people cared about. So I just don't think introducing another belt is going to help those matters. I would argue the tag team belts are the mid-card titles there. Yeah. Uh, plus they've got five championships, four championships overall. Raw, SmackDown, NXT. I guess you could count NXT UK as well. So mm-hmm. um, Wrestle Talk, Miss Moore, uh, Mallory, Malloy the Bear, 12. If you two are familiar with the Fab Five of Queer Eye, my girlfriend wants to know who is your favourite. Oh, it's tough. Hers is Anthony. She wouldn't listen to Wrestle Talk unless I asked. I mean, I've been an Anthony stan since day one because A, he is the most handsome. B, he's got the best voice. And C, he's so lovely. But in this latest season, and the last couple of seasons, really, he has been quite pants at cooking <laughs> it's been like hey i'm gonna show you how to make a salad have you ever made a salad before it's not been particularly great so really and we we talked about this in the podcast it's bobby it's bobby yeah he does all the work <laughs> everyone's like oh, i got you a i got you a new jacket here's a salad i'm gonna cut your hair for you and bobby's there like i built you a new house <laughs> And I still turn up in these little life moments and, and manage to be really poignant at the same time. Oh, yeah. What a what a life that guy has had. Incredible. I was say, 
not only does he do all the Bobby stuff, he also helps out with the Karamo stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nate drops surname. Put your money where your mouth is, Davis. Predictions. <laughs> <laughs> predictions loser does a coffin drop from that height lol well oh, you know no. if it was uh if we could yeah, coronavirus is stopping all these sorts of things so <laughs> i can't unfortunately michael dominguez didn't andy buy didn't somebody didn't someone buy andy a bunny for the wrestle talk office no no because th- th- they asked michael asked us this on the raw stream Yes. No, 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 I don't know where you got that from. No, we bought uh, him crisps and ball cream. Um, Kevin, I just wanted to say that the I quit Destino pun on Tuesday was the best pun I've ever heard. People really enjoyed that joke, man. I thought the cornea one was better. Oh, but yeah, I mean, people very much enjoyed the cornea one as well, but it was, uh, I thought that you nailed it. The Destino one was a, an ad lib. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't write that bit. I was just like, I was pausing for too long, I thought. Uh, and thank you dylan cork for uh a super chat but no message and of course i love to ashleen as well uh hopefully she's watching well thank you ever so much everyone for joining us here today for a cracking episode of AEW. uh stick around because we'll have nxt up later on where adam and laurie will be reviewing the greatest of american bashes they're gonna bash so hard uh and uh, Super Chat's just come through. Cassidy should have won. Jericho unraveling last week was brilliant, and to see it continue after the loss would have been very entertaining. Mm, yes, rightly so. Um, but I, I think Jericho was the right winner. What you got lined up for the weekend? Well, my weekend starts early because I have now completed the Darker Side of the Moon challenge on Super Mario Odyssey. I'm taking Friday off. I'm going to go round my friend's house and play video games. But who's going to do the news? Pete's doing the news. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Pete's doing it. <laughs> Make news, Pete. <laughs> and on Saturday, so this was meant to be my friend's stag party weekend. I, yeah. I, I always had this Friday and Monday off, actually. We were going to go to uh, up in Scotland and do some stuff. Uh, but that's all obviously been cancelled and postponed as had his as has his wedding, which is a shame. So instead, we're gonna go for a bike ride round Croydon. Nice. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. A bike Six ride bloody round lads. Croydon. Six bloody Six lads. Bloody lads on socially bloody distancing bikes. on bikes, stopping <laughs> into a pub, having one because we don't want to get too drunk on our bikes, <laughs> and likely having a coffee in a cafe. Lads, lads, lads. Safe, safe, safe. Nice. What about you? Uh, I am actually also having a bit of a lads time. Uh, I'm going to see some of my friends this weekend. First time I'll have seen them in ages. And their babies. Um, Because we've not met them yet. Because they were both born during lockdown. Oh my God, it's been so long. Your friends have had babies. It is, yes. That's how long lockdown's been. So I'm also being such a bloody lad, 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 driving all the way over to Kent. And no, then, babies uh, aren't lads. And then sitting down. With as soon having, as you say babies, no, it's not lads anymore. Having a squash and holding a baby, socially distancing, um, which means I probably won't hold the baby. I'll just have to look at the baby from afar and wave at it. Um, but I get to see two babies this weekend, which is great. It's great news. It's you like babies? 
babies are brilliant. Do you sort of go doe-eyed and, oh, look at that baby? Oh, very much so. Babies are wicked, man. How could you what, not like babies? What's your go-to move to impress a baby? Is it a funny face? Is it's it a my, fart noise? It's my YouTube face. You've seen my... Yeah, exactly. I just do lots of YouTube faces at them. That's why kids click on YouTube videos that have those faces. Yeah, kids and Andy Datsun, who <laughs> keeps on clicking the Good Mythical Morning thumbnails. Yeah, he does. I felt like I was starting to ruin the our YouTube algorithm because after our, um, uh, you know, I, us uh, bringing back... What goes on in this town is none of your business. As long as I'm living here, it is. Then maybe you shouldn't be living here! After bringing that back... <laughs> Uh, I went on a bit of a, 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 I just fell into a rabbit hole listening to old Adam and Joe oh. clips. Oh, and and I, that's why I met. I messaged Ollie and I was like, mm. I miss this podcast so so much. Have you listened to the audio book of Adam Buxton's? Uh, because my friend has. He says it's very good. Yeah, I've not yet. My brother has ordered it and he was going to give me his login. Because, I, I mean, while I am interested in hearing the book as well, what I really want to just hear is the the Adam and Joe podcast that's at the end of it, the bonus podcast. That's what I that's what I really want to listen to outright. And then I'll actually listen to the book bits itself. But I, yeah, I, likewise, I've also heard that it's very, very good. Have we had any submissions for all the new segments we tried to start on Tuesday's episode? I mean, I was trying to think what the other one was because obviously there was the bad acting. It was the Japandi. That was it. Yeah, no one's done that one. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no one, no one, no one bit for that one. Um, I we did get some submissions in for the bad acting. However, I don't think a lot of people really understood it mm. because what I got sent was people like wrestlers making funny noises, which you know I'm all for. Uh, and someone sending in a clip of themselves from a wrestling show reacting to the reveal of the Universal Championship, which again is not really what we were going for. Um, so I'm amazed it's been interpreted this way. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> that we were quite clear. <laughs> someone did email in their one, which was uh, quite a famous one. Uh, in fact, actually, I'll try and see if I can get it into the podcast bit now if you can just fill for time while i save the video well i like the sound of stupid noises that wrestlers make um the one that jumps to my mind initially is brock lesnar's not the undertaker one that i played you well yes the undertaker one is also good (laughs) are there any i'm sure there's loads Oh, yeah, there's probably absolutely loads. But I now have got the submission for bad acting that we have had in from Michael. Um, And it sounds a little bit... Come on, load, load, load. You're only a short clip. Oh, I jumped the gun, David. I jumped the gun. Here it is. Here it is. Hold for longer. Here it is. My husband is having an affair with your wife. I don't think we should talk about it. Does your pet kill them? Oh, man. Oh, God. 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 
Oh God! Oh man! Oh God! Oh man! Oh God! Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Oh God! So yes, thank you very much uh, to Michael for sending that one in. And someone sent him like, from? I've no idea. They don't give any context <gasps> for it. They just said this is the worst. Oh wow! Let me let me just Google. Oh, oh God. God! Oh man! Oh, man. oh God! Oh man! <gasps> someone has previously Googled. Oh God! Oh man! Oh God! Oh man! Movie. I, I think it, I think it is a very famous bad movie clip. It's a bit like you know the the mm. troll two. Oh my God! Like more people <laughs> have seen that clip than they actually have troll two, or you know, garbage day from I, Silent from Silent uh, Night Deadly Night two. That's my favorite. Um. So according to my very uh brief google it's it actually comes up quite a lot it's from the film tough guys don't dance uh and it is actually known in the wikipedia description itself it says there is a scene known as the old guard old man scene <laughs> so i think it's we should the mystery film noir i think we should like also you know specify the sort of clips that we want from this it's not just bad readings of lines it's not just the oh my god or the garbage days i think in all garbage day i think is a better example of this than oh my god because it's it's overacting to the nth degree the great thing about that taffing clip is that he did not need to yell (laughs) then maybe you shouldn't be living here but that's the choice he made yeah it's like it's not bad acting it's too confident acting (laughs) that we're looking for i think we're doing that thing we did with crap gimmick wrestling where we we've come up with an idea and now we are trying to make it as specific as possible (laughs) and we get angry at people who aren't on board and in making it too specific we've made it too complicated and no one really knows what it is anymore well let's see what happens on next week's show hopefully Um, we've got some submissions support at wrestletalk.com exactly support at wrestletalk dot com get it in thank you very very much uh the nxt review is also up go and check that out with laurie and adam blompier and i'll be back tomorrow with the uh, magazine show with sp3 from true heel heat and saturday we'll see pete and andy doing smackdown and then we're back on raw with uh you know us the good hosts take care everyone i love you goodbye Rebel, no, it's not.